Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nonsense and Noise, a podcast about the queer person of color pop culture and media experience. I'm your host, Nathan Cato, and um, wow, hello. <laughs> hello, everybody. It is July 16th, um, and I am so sorry that I dropped the ball in June. I had such a massive deadline going on for work. Um, I had to do um, just a lot of writing for work, and like had this massive presentation, um, I ended up going on, um, while well, I was on vacation, kind of um, visiting my family, um, went to go see my sister, and um, basically took, like, a very important work call, like, while I was out of the office on Friday, um, and then, um, yeah, just, like, worked on this this filing that's going to the FDA, um, and... It, just a lot of a lot of work that I've been doing in my professional life, and so that means that, like when I when I log off, I'm just like I don't want to do like writing for the for my podcast episodes. I don't want to do like the work that's involved in trying to put together an episode. So um, yeah, and and now it's July, and uh, I do have. Um, some some ideas for episodes coming up but this this one's going to be like pretty much just a a solo hangout episode um i i went to go see past lives um a couple weeks ago with a friend um and totally like blew us away and and broke us down um and so i think we're going to do an episode on that um i also need to go see joyride and also the barbie movie when barbie comes out um so we'll probably have episodes on those two as well um but yeah it's been it's just been like such a crazy month in terms of like what i've been working on and stuff and then um yeah i had a friend over last weekend um and this is one of my best friends from high school and i haven't seen her since like right before the pandemic we actually um went to a friend's wedding um back in february of 2020 um like right when coronavirus started happening in the U.S., so um, it was really good to see her. It was really we, we were really chill, really chill time. Um, and I started watching Word of Honor um, because she she was watching Word of Honor, um, so we watched that. I also watched Nimona, um, and that was a really really fucking cute movie. Uh, there'll be an episode on that at some point too. Um, yeah, so uh, that's like all the stuff that I've been doing recently i ended up finishing um tears of the kingdom um probably about like a month ago ish um and i had a really really good time uh, highly recommend uh i might put a little like i'm trying to get all my friends who are playing tears of the kingdom to like get finished so that way we can have like a fun we could do like a fun podcast episode or something um but <laughs> so it's like me and three other people in my my friend group and and one of them i think is um just taking a break um but yeah we'll see one day um i i think they're like we have a recommended order of things to do for like the best playthrough but um yeah that'll be in a future episode as well um so yeah that, that's sort of how i am hope everybody is doing well and staying cool i know that it is a bazillion degrees outside um if you're on the east coast and also in like the southeast it's humid as fuck um 
I, when I was in San Diego um, visiting family, uh, it was it was nice. The weather was pretty nice, and I, and I think that the West Coast has been having some pretty decent weather this summer so far. So hopefully that stays up for everybody, um, and yeah, hope everybody is able to stay cool and everything. So um, I'll just hop right into pop culture. Um, and so this is just sort of going to be like a roundup between both June and July since I missed June. Um, so on the video game front, Diablo 4 is out, Final Fantasy 16 is out, um, those are, came out in June, um, and I know my friend has been, my two friends of mine have been having a lot of fun playing Diablo 4, um, so if you liked Diablo at all, check that out, um, I've heard really good things. Um, Final Fantasy 16 is out, I've watched some gameplay from my friends and it looks really gorgeous, um, and yeah, that, so that's Final Fantasy. Um, Ghost Trick for the Switch came out on June 30th, and this is a mystery puzzle game. Um, and I, I know I had, have a Twitter mutual, actually, um, who uh, has been talking about Ghost Trick even before Nintendo announced the remake. Um, so it's just a really clever little game. Um, I think worth checking out. I want to do that at some point. Um, I have a massive library that I'm working through, so... Um, yeah, we'll see if I ever do that. But that was Ghost Trick that came out on June 30th. Um, and now into July games. Um, you know, some of my some of these are going to be a little bit late, probably by the time the episode releases. But um, just put things on people's radars. There is Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals, which just came out on July 12th. I think that is multi-platform. Um, Oxenfree, the original game, was really a really cool indie game um, about, like, cults and, like, radio signals. And it was a really, really cool, like, branching storyline, um, and I really, really liked it. Um, I still need to, like, actually try and play Oxenfree to get the... Or I played Oxenfree already, and I finished one full playthrough, but I want to try and get the, the true ending instead of the... Um, there's a cyclical ending. Um, there's two of them, so I, I want to try and get the true ending. I actually think there might be three. There's, like, the good, the bad, and then there's the cyclical one. Um, and I've only ever gotten the cyclical ending, um, and I want to try and get the good ending. So, um, that's option free two, um, and that is coming out on July 12th. Uh, next is Pikmin 4 for Nintendo Switch coming out on July 21st. Personally, I'm super tickled that Pikmin is still... Um, a thing, I guess. Like, I, I feel like Pikmin is popular, but also not as popular as some of Nintendo's other IP. Um, so it always is just entertaining to me when Pikmin gets another installment. Um, but this one looks really fun. Um, I know Pikmin 1, I think, <laughs> I remember I played that, and that was super anxiety-inducing because you have a time limit, and, like, there's, a, like, if you fuck up during your playthrough, like, you get the bad ending automatically. Um, so I I do like the Pikmin games that are a little bit more freeform and you don't have like quite as hard and fast like a, a rule set and like win conditions. Um, so I think that's very much Pikmin 4 as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to picking that up. Probably not immediately because like I don't have an extreme urge to play it. Um, I don't feel the need to, like, sort of be on top of that, like, um, Tears of the Kingdom or any of the other, like, games that I've talked about before, where I was like, I'm getting this on release. Um, but, yeah, Pikmin is out. Um, probably will be out by time of the episode releasing, but Pikmin is coming out on July 21st. Um, and then the last game 
I thought worth highlighting that's coming out in July is called Venba, V-E-N-B-A, um, and it is a cooking puzzle game, um, and it's about an Indian family that has emigrated to Canada um, and just starting their lives there while also trying to maintain um, and uphold some food traditions. And basically you play as the titular character Venba as she goes through her life um, raising her young child. Um, and and you get to uh, try and cook a lot of traditional Indian food. Um, but the, the catch is the recipe book that you have is is weathered and has it's like some pieces missing. And, and um, it is... I don't know. It just looks really cute. I played the demo and I, <laughs> I played it in the most neurotic way. Cause I was like, I want to get the right answer first. Um, but I think there are options like it, like I said, it's a puzzle game because your, your, your recipe book is like not a hundred percent legible. So like you do get to sort of put things together and slot things together as you want to. So that's Venba coming to, I think honestly all platforms um, on July 31st. Um, so that's video games. And then in terms of movies, uh, once again, just sort of like going all the way through the past two months, um, Across the Spider-Verse came out on June 2nd. Um, if you haven't seen that, go see that. It's a lot of fun, especially if you've seen the first, if you saw Into the Spider-Verse, you're going to, you're really going to like it. Um, that came out on June 2nd. Also coming out, what came out on June 2nd is Past Lives. Um, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, my friend and I went to go see that. It's a it's a really gorgeous movie. I will say um, if you're looking for something that's like action-packed or like something that moves quickly, that's not really the movie for you. Um, or like you, I think you, you need to be in the right frame of mind to be watching it because um it it's kind of slow and and the dialogue is a little bit few and far between um lots of like i guess real life awkward moments it feels like but um it was it was honestly very good a very poetic movie um and yeah i mean so if you if you like i said if you want something to be happening i would say don't like hold off until you're feeling in a more like sort of chill mood to go watch past lives um the way I well, I can describe it is like it's kind of the opposite of everything everywhere all at once in terms of like the takeaway. But um, like I said, we'll probably I'll probably do an episode on that at some point, so you'll hear more from me about that. So um, that's I think probably still in theaters. Um, and then there is the Blackening, which uh, came out on June sixteenth. Um, so this is like your standard horror movie, except it's not your standard horror movie because the the cast is all black. Um, and it's pl- uh, playing on the um, the tropes of, you know, normally, like, in horror movies, the black characters die first. But then it's like, okay, well, how do you do that if, like, the entire cast is black? Um, so uh, I, I've heard lots of really good things about it. I've seen... Um, I know that um, folks on the Spill app did like a sort of live viewing all together. Um, it seems like everybody or the folks who are watching that had a lot of fun. So um, check that out if you can. That is the blackening. Um, and then into moving into July, I only have a couple things to highlight here. There's Kizazimoto Generation Fire. Um, I saw some tweets about this on Twitter, but this dropped on July 5th on Disney+. Plus. It's like a short anthology of animated clips, I think, or like little short animated uh, stories. 
um, that are focused on um, that are from like African um, animators. And yeah, it just look really looks really cool. I've not gotten a chance to watch it yet, but I I do plan to at some point. That is Kizazi Moto Generation Fire that came out on July fifth on Disney Plus. And then the last movie that I wanted to highlight is called Joyride, um, which is, which came out on July seventh. Um, so this is another movie with Stephanie Hsu in it, um, and she plays. Um, Basically, this is like what I've what I've heard is it's like um, the energy from the movie The Hangover, but um, with uh, Asian women and non-binary people. Um, and you might have seen a couple of the ads on Instagram. There's like um, it shows them when they're the two main characters when they're really young, um, and it's just it looks really wild, really out of pocket, and I really really am excited to watch it. Um, I have not actually seen anybody talking about it on Twitter, but like it's, it, I'm really excited to watch it. So that is Joyride, which came out on July 7th. So um, with that quick rundown, um, I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with the main content. All right. And we are back from the break. Um, fun peek behind the curtain. I think I started recording at like one this afternoon and then i was like i'm gonna take a quick break to like you know during the actual break and like do some of the chores that i had to do um that little break turned it out to be about six hours long seven hours long because i decided to uh do a lot of cooking and some baking so i'm back i'm tired but we're gonna get into it um the topic for today um it's gonna seem a little <laughs> little pathetic but um that's mostly because i'm like teeing up for like bigger bigger podcast episodes later um with uh some talking about um past lives and barbie and nimona as well as joyride so um those will all come eventually so you'll just have to bear with me today it's just gonna be a nice little little fluffy episode um about being queer and a gamer, um, which is, this is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, um, and is honestly just going to be, like, an open continuing topic, because, like, everybody's experiences are always going to be different, of course, so, um, but yeah, I just wanted to, like, sort of dive headfirst into, like, what life is like as a queer gamer, and then, like, also talk about, like, especially, like, being a queer gamer, um, of color, um, just because I think there are some unique uh, things that happen with, like, building community and stuff. So, um, obviously, I think, like, well, so, throughout my, my 20s and everything, like, after graduating from undergrad, um, I, like, was thinking uh, about, you know, or, like, a year or two after graduating and, like, working and everything, I was thinking about, like, oh, like, what is something that I would like to actually, like, do with my free time? And then, like, remembered like oh yeah I like to play video games a lot growing up and and like I I don't I didn't at that point in time I think other than maybe like I had my 3ds with me and that was about it um and I think no by then the switch had not come out yet switch came out in 2017 um but yeah I was like oh you know maybe I would like to try like my hand at actually being like more involved with more gaming things um, because, like, I do remember some of the guys I hang out, hung out with in high school, um, would game, and then I didn't, like, I didn't 
I didn't really game in high school and college just because like um, I switched school districts when I was in high school and and had to really sort of like <laughs> uh, like buck up and like really get my shit together. Um, I was in a gifted and talented program for high school and um, the let's just say that like the standards between like my old school district and this other school district, even though they're like neighboring districts, um, were different. Um, I had to put in a lot more work, um, I think, in high school. So, like, obviously, it's like, oh, I'll play video games, like, maybe here and there. But it was pretty much just, like, I think I played Pokemon on, like, my 3DS. And then, like, we had a Wii. But I don't think I even really paid attention too much to, like, the games that came out on the Wii. Like, I think I got um, Brawl and um, Okami and, like, maybe a couple other Wii games. But, like, I was not, like, using the Wii a ton. Um, also because like, <laughs> like typical Asian parents, my, my parents were like, gaming isn't important. That's not something you should focus on. So anyways, um, I ended up getting a, a gaming laptop and, um, sort of, uh, picking up a few games to start off with. Um, I was watching, um, this one person's stream on Twitch and he was playing Overwatch as well as Shadow of Mordor. Um, both of those looked really cool. So I ended up picking them both up, um, and obviously overwatch if you follow me in any capacity you know that like it was a really big thing back in the day and like it's sort of the main main vehicle for me actually making a lot of friends in my 20s um i did not actually make a lot of friends like in my geographical area i made a lot of friends online um, so actually, a uh, friend of the pod, Bryn, um, was one of those friends who I met playing Overwatch. Um, we were actually in a Facebook group together, um, Facebook, like, Overwatch meme group, um, like, back in 2017, and then we started hanging out. Um, and, and honestly, like, the community has been really cool to just, like, use to meet people with, like, obviously a similar interest, and then... Um, as you continue to spend more time with people while gaming, like, you get to learn a little bit more about them and, like, get more insight on their lives and who they are. And, yeah, it's been just, like, a really cool way to get to know people. Um, and even now with, like, my current friend group, like, friend of the podcast, Ro, um, also plays Overwatch now, um, for better or for worse. Um, they were not part of the Overwatch craze back in the heyday, Um but we sort of got them into it, um, like, starting... Like, I think the after Overwatch 2 launched back at the end of last year, like, a couple of my friends in this group that Ro and I hang out with um, were playing Overwatch, and, and they were very curious, and they were always like, oh, it seems like you ha you're having a great time. Um, and then we sort of got them started in February of this year, and it's been nonstop fun <laughs> ever since. Um, I say fun with quotation marks because, like, I mean, Overwatch is fun, but also, like, after a certain point, it's like, wow, this sucks um, because you're getting stomped. Um, and some, like, I feel like with Overwatch, it, when you're getting stomped, it just doesn't feel fun anymore. But, um, yeah, like, it's a, it's a great way to build community. And I think Overwatch was actually this really, really interesting piece of um, interesting piece of media um, an interesting game because for a lot of queer folks it, it uh, was a little bit more friendly um, to join um, I don't think I've seen the queer community like as a whole so unified like 
um, pick up another video game in such a unified way. Um, I think that basically after Overwatch started to sort of decline halfway through 2018, um, queer gamers have sort of dispersed into other things. I think Final Fantasy has always been something that has been big, or maybe not always, because I know that like there's a huge story behind like Final Fantasy used to suck and then they redid it. Um, and that's like the story, like, or, and the way that they like integrated the revision of Final Fantasy into the actual story itself was a realm reborn and everything. Um, but yeah, like queer gamers sort of dispersed from Overwatch and like now, you know, I'm not playing Overwatch necessarily because like I want to per se, like I do want to, but it's always, almost always with friends. Um, I don't actually tend to feel the itch anymore it's very much just like a social thing for me to like do things with people um so which is just unfortunate because like overwatch actually was a really big piece i think of the queer community like online in 2017 um you know the game was trying to tout itself as a big um like story-based character-based like diverse bright fps or first person shooter game um which was very different from any other fps in the space um and even now like i think overwatch's successor is kind of like valorant um but even valorant i think is much different in the community that it builds than overwatch i think they're definitely queer folks who play valorant um, but it's not as overtly friendly of a queer space as Overwatch felt. Um, I say this as someone who plays both. Um, so I, I, it's been like, I feel like most of the issues actually that arise from like being a queer gamer, actually I've seen more in the Valorant space than I've seen in Overwatch. Um, like, and that's maybe because of, like, the the people that I'm hanging out with when I'm playing each of the games. Like, Overwatch, I mostly hang out with, like, a very queer friend group. Whereas with Valorant, like, it's me and friend of the pod, Vess, and um, another some other fr- uh, friends of ours. But, like, it's not as queer as Overwatch. Um, but, yeah, like, I think the main things that happen when you're a queer gamer that you always have to, like, be on the lookout for is, like... Sometimes these games will put in pride stuff, which is great. Um, but also, like, like during June, everyone puts on their pride cosmetics, and um, there's no questions really. Like, Valorant has nameplates like for your um, your profile that have all sorts of pride flags. Um, you know, the, the the traditional rainbow. You also have your gay pride flag, the, the green to purple gradient. You have lesbian pride. You have um, ace, ero, or asexual, aromantic, um, bisexual, pansexual, trans. Like, you have, like, so many different varieties. I'm, like, honestly very impressed that they included that. Um, but obviously, once June passes and people are sort of like, okay, I'm going to change my nameplate now, that makes you more of a target um for harassment which sometimes happens um i mean i think obviously in the fps space more than really any other genre of like a multiplayer game i feel like the bigotry is especially rampant and that's mostly just because like fps games tend to attract like straight white boys and uh you know uh, the cause of most if not all of our problems in the states so um yeah it just makes 
makes like being in that space difficult as a queer gamer like it's like so like especially with valorant being a game where you actually have to focus and concentrate on what you're doing like it's uh it's a tactical shooter so like if you've played um like any other tactical shooter it's like that but a little bit like a little bit more a bit like each of the different characters have different abilities and everything so it's kind of like overwatch in that regard and i think that valorant was trying to capture some of the overwatch audience and i think they were successful to an extent but um yeah you definitely have that gamer base being more predominantly um straight white boys um and like i've had a few just unsavory interactions with people um being like racist or homophobic or anti-semitic and it's just like you know playing these games as a queer person it's like this is my hobby this is something i'm trying to do to like have fun and feel good um you know feeling good is debatable when you're playing these fps games because it's like such a crapshoot um with whether or not you're gonna win but like it's very much like this is a hobby i'm supposed to have fun and like I know some of it can be just like, okay, I'm just going to mute everybody and I don't care. Like, I'm just going to hang out with my friend and we're going to have a good time. And that's the only way we're going to do this. Um, but it's just like, it becomes an exhausting exercise. And um, I will say that Riot has been good about some of their like moderation for Valorant. Like they will, for certain slurs, if you say them in the text chat or in your voice chat, you will get immediately banned. Um or immediately like silenced in that medium um which is nice but also like i don't know how to like you know design better measures to like make sure that those people cannot ever play again but like that would be nice um all all in all just to say like it's just exhausting sometimes as a queer gamer being in a space that like is so like heavily white focused um especially like cishet white focus and it's just just so exhausting and just trying to you know have a good time and then just um be on the lookout and like really having to to have to try and maintain your your sanity and your peace um when dealing with all that shit because like it's tough and like i said this is supposed to be a hobby it's supposed to be something that we're doing for fun um, and I have just as much right to be in this space as anybody else. So it's not like I should leave or I should find another hobby or whatever, right? Like I, I have as much right to this space as anybody else does. So, um, and that just like sort of bleeds into now, like with, um, intersections with like other, with, with queer, the queer identity as well. Like queer white folks are also not safe from, bigotry um or not exempt from bigotry let me say um because you know there's uh, if anybody is like this online um i guess good for you but also that sucks sorry that you are involved and you see this but um like there's a white trans streamer named keffels um and she is racist as hell um is super ableist super bigoted but like people seem to really like her and really rally around her for whatever reason. And um, it's just really weird to like see this as a queer person of color. And, and, and like this person is supposedly leftist and like attracts all that sort of attention. 
Um, but like white queer folks are so like unwilling to see past their own noses and like understand that like, hey, maybe this black trans person who's asking you for like the bare minimum is not being like transphobic to you. They are just saying that, hey, this is kind of racist. Like, can you, can we fix this? Um, and I just like, that's, I guess, another piece of exhaustion from like, being a queer gamer of color and like existing online and just being in these spaces that are so heavily white dominated is like okay well is this space safe for me like I, it doesn't matter that they're queer they're also white and so like is this going to be a good time or not like it's just exhausting to deal with and i feel like that's the main reason why um i've made this like an effort for example to make this show because like queer people of color um i feel like we obviously their queerness is such a big umbrella and then also people of color um like that is also such a huge umbrella like there's nothing that uh, i mean there's nothing that i can do that's going to cater to everyone's unique experience but i do want to like make this space because like i think especially within the gaming community like people sort of either put their 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 person of color identity first or their queer identity first. And I, I just sort of feel like there's no space that sort of looks at the both of them and that, that, that intersection and really says like, Hey, I see you like, let's build some community here. So um, yeah, it's, it's tricky. I mean, like building community is hard regardless of whatever space you're in, but I just feel like, um, like, especially in gaming and, just like being in this sort of space where um, people are talking about games that they like or like playing games together. Um, we just have this unique experience of having to navigate both like, okay, there's like queer phobia as just a sort of like umbrella of bigotry, but then also you have even more things that we need to be aware of. And like, I know like I'm streaming on Twitch. I'm not streaming to a big audience, but I stream there and I, I, just like because I'm a queer person of color on the internet, I just don't have the luxury of engaging with random people. Like I, I view people with a lot of suspicion. Um, and unless you've like proven to me and demonstrated like repeatedly over time that you are like a normal person and you um, like aren't a bigot and or if you are like if you do something bigoted, like if I call you on it, and like you apologize and you try and make amends like sure that's fine we can have that conversation and we can like continue building community from there but like it just like all of this i feel like leads to a lot of just like raised tackles and stuff and so i do feel like um this has sort of led to maybe not led per se because like with overwatch the community that i ended up finding like the group that i ended up finding myself in was predominant was like predominantly like queer folks people of color um and those spaces have felt honestly the safest for me um i did like i was like spent a call in like this white queer space and i did not feel comfortable um so yeah i don't know it's just like making this space for us i think is incredibly important um and i know that there are other organizations like that are doing it in a little bit more of a widespread manner um or I'm sure there are, I like don't know any at the top of my head. I was just thinking like, I know there's like gaming magazine or something, um, like spelled G-A-Y-M-I-N-G. Um, 
and that is a cool like space to like you know gather queer gamers but also like i said i feel like that space is a little bit more focused on like white queer folks and so like it is sort of weird to see them interact with um media generated by non-white folks um not that it feels disingenuous or anything but it's just like hmm well like you guys seem to like be catering to this specific crowd while um you know that's not everybody who is out there or everyone who is gaming so um yeah like i said this is just a sort of short musing and on on the space and i like want to have others on to actually like talk about this a little bit more um just you know our experiences and everything making a space for us to voice our frustrations and and maybe even like and also you know share the, the the cool stuff that happens because um you know it's one thing to vent um one thing to talk about the negatives but i also think it's you know obviously equally important to focus on the positives um for our spaces because you know queer joy queer person of color joy is uh important like both of those are important um in addition to fighting for the spaces that we um deserve and that we need so um that's my short little spiel on queer gaming all right i'm going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with what's your nonsense all right and we are back from the break this time was actually more of an actual like short break and not um the six hour bender that i was on before um i just drank it <laughs> just drank some water and that was it um so as you may know the last segment of the show is called what's your nonsense it's um where i talk about something that either it seems like uh nobody's talking about that i am really into or something that has been bringing me more joy um or something that just makes me happy um and I think I might have mentioned before that I've been trying to read a little bit more. Um, I've been going to the library and, like, actually using the library and, like, trying to read stuff. Um, And so there have been a couple books that I've read recently that I really, really liked. Um, One of them, or both of them, actually, by queer authors, queer people of color. Um, One of them more focusing on the actual, an actual queer experience and the other one um, not so, not as much. But so the first is called How Far the Light Reaches by Sabrina Imbler. Um, and I will put all of this information in the episode notes as well so you can take a look. Um, but the book is a collection of personal essays that um, sort of go walk the parallel line between um, different sea creatures and um, relating them back to the author's experience, um, just overall lived experience. Some of it is talking about like being a mixed person. Some of the so the essays are talking about queerness. Um, I don't remember. I think there was one that was talking about the intersection of being a queer mixed person. Um, but yeah, just it was, it was a really really beautiful read. Um, I highly recommend the book. Um, I had a really good time reading it and just like absorbing all of the parallels. Like Sabrina's writing is gorgeous, um, and also I mean it's it's a fun non-fiction read um you get some facts about some cool sea creatures and you also get more insight into like that sort of queer life um so that is how far the light reaches by sabrina impler the second book is called the map of salt and stars by zane jokadar um and this is a book about a young girl who um 
was born in Syria, moves with her family to Manhattan for a little bit, um, and then after her her father passes away, she moves back to Syria, and this is taking place in the early 2000s, so there's a lot of civil unrest in Syria, um, and basically the, um, the main character's house in Syria gets bombed, and it's her, a story about her and her family's journey to... Um, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it's like her and her family's journey to safety, essentially. Um, and the um, this is another book that uh, where the parallel parallelism is done very well. Um, there's a story that the main character has like her that her father has told her, and like she has photographic memory, so she remembers everything about it. Um, but the story, like her, her path traces exactly the same path, um, in that story that her father told her about. Um, and so there's a really cool parallel there, but it's, it's beautifully written. Um, Sanjo Kadar has beautiful prose. Um, it's, it's just a delight to read. So that is the map of salt and stars. Uh, once again, I will be putting these books, the book titles and the authors in the episode notes so you can take a look. So um, if you've gotten this far, thank you so much for listening. This is a completely independent operation as shown by um, just like the, I guess, periodicity of which I post episodes. Um, The best way for you to show your support for this show is um, through Patreon. Um, If you go to patreon.com slash nonsense and noise pod, that is the Patreon page for this show. Um, And there are three levels of support. Um, the first level is a tier one, and that gets you a shout out on the episode. Tier one is really just any level of donation that you can make. Um, that is totally cool. Um, tier two gets you access to bonus episodes. I keep saying I'm going to do bonus episodes, and I promise I will <laughs> at some point. Um, I will make this worth it. <laughs> um, whether that be... Um, actually, I have one bonus episode out right now. It's talking about my um, sort of... Uh, Japanese American concentration um, during World War II and my connection to it that was sort of at the start of or the outbreak of the um, Russia-Ukraine war um, just because there was lots of like Russophobia going on and I just saw lots of parallels between that and like what happened during World War II with the Japanese in America so um, there's at least one thing out I want to do a queer history episode about Fire Island with Roe um we kind of got into the history of fire island a little bit um when we did our review of the fire island movie last year but i want to do like a more thorough deep dive into that history with roe um and i think it'll be really fun like i think that's an important like piece of queer history um so yeah tier, <laughs> all that to say tier two gets you access to bonus episodes and tier three gets you the ability to proposed topic ideas so um past topic ideas have included boys love or bl um as well as uh avatar the last airbender and just sort of like everything that went into creating that universe um so uh yeah that's that's the patreon if you like me and want to get more of me um i am starting to stream a little bit more once again we'll see how long this lasts but i'm on twitch twitter and instagram all the same handle at kato not kato that is k-a-h-t-o-n-o-t-k-a-y-t-o um and most most active on twitter oh i also have a blue sky um since twitter's 
continuing its slow progression towards death. I do have a blue sky. Um, that is the same handle at Kato, not Kato. Um, and I think that's all the places that you can find me for now. I was talking a lot about Spill earlier. Um, and I also want to respect that Spill is a very, like, black-focused space. Um, so I, it's not, that's not my place to promote Spill. Um, obviously, like, I'm not the, the target population, or, like, I'm not the, the group that is using Spill. So, um, maybe when Spill opens up a little bit more to everybody else, then, like, you can find me there. I know I'm on the wait list, um, but I'm not, like, you know trying to get in because there are other people who need to be there more than I do. So um, those are all the places that you can find me. Thanks once again for listening um, and hope to see you next month. Bye.